Welcome to a Talk Hockey radio special. It's a very special one. It is an Olympic special. Um, joining me today is Fraser. Unfortunately, Taff is still crying. Uh, we're recording this on the day that uh, GB men face Belgium men and drew 2-2. Um, so Taff is sulking and refusing to join us for this, unfortunately. Um, we're not going to have a, a real structure to it. And in fact, I haven't even written down an intro before me. Uh, it's just a little chat about the Olympic and how we're enjoying it, any talking points uh, and having a beer or two. So Fraser, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Yourself? Not too bad. I've been enjoying the hockey. It's been good to have it on in the background uh, and take the odd early, very, very early lunch uh, <laughs> to, to watch a game properly. And a super early breakfast slash late dinner. Yes, yeah. And in fact, I got woken up by terrible tooth pain the other night and managed to catch half, I think it was the GB women's match at like 4am. Um, so there, there's some good bits there. But yeah, yeah let's start there. GB coverage. GB coverage. The yeah. BBC. <laughs> I just, oh, they, they're driving me mad. Well, should we start got... with the positives of the BBC coverage? I mean, the positive is that at times hockey is getting on BBC One at a somewhat prime time. Uh, I've seen repeats, I've seen highlights being played kind of early evening, late afternoon, sort of when people are going to be coming in from school or work, Yeah, which is good. It gets eyes on, but the live coverage just is driving me mad. Games swapping between the red button and channel one at halftime, sometimes not really being clear. Sometimes they have mentioned it and, you know, that's on me where I, I've not been paying attention because it's halftime and they're showing a different sport. And so, I've you know, getting a drink or checking that no one sent me any messages at work, you know, important stuff. Um, and I, I've missed it. But there are other times where it's like a, a message has popped up in the top corner of the screen yeah, saying oh, the hockey is now on the red button or hockey moving to BBC One. When it's been on the red button, when you've gone onto it, sometimes it doesn't actually say the sport that they're showing. So, for example, today at halftime, the coverage title changed over on the red button to uh, table tennis. And if you clicked onto it, it was showing the hockey. But for a good five minutes, I think, of the third quarter, if you went onto the red button, it said it was the table tennis. And it's, it's just a barrier that's going to slow people down in trying to access the coverage. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's very disappointing that they have had a change in uh, access compared to previous Olympics. Having worked at the Olympics on the volunteer side, so I worked on the website and social media team, that's when I first really understood that uh, the UK, Great Britain, has or had exceptional coverage. Um, and actually a lot of people were reliant on the Olympics official website for, for things like results and updates and stuff. And unfortunately, that's now pretty much where we are because uh, the BBC didn't have the funding to be able to do the rights properly. They were outbid by Eurosport uh, and, and who in turn have given some of it to Discovery Plus. Uh, and yeah, um, it's it's been very frustrating. Uh, you and I were, were messaging each other today and you were on wondering where the hockey had gone. And because I had it, on whilst I was near it, I heard them say they were changing it. But if I'd gone out of the room to do something, I would have had no idea. Um, so I've been very loathed when I've watched it on Discovery Plus to risk switching to BBC coverage. Um, on the plus side, uh, the commentary has been good. I've listened to Helen on Radio 5 Live and obviously speaking um, authority, I mean, that goes without saying. Um, but she's speaking well about the game and, and doing, I think, a good job explaining a complex uh, sport on the radio. Sometimes the questions are a little bit softball, uh, but I appreciate they are trying to appeal to a, a fairly broad non-hockey geek audience. Uh, and then likewise on the TV, uh, Mace and uh, Kate doing a great job when we're on. Um, it's just a shame they're not on 
more often. Um, but that then I guess that brings us also to Discovery Plus. Um, I think maybe these guys have been working with Watch.Hockey. Uh, the coverage has ranged from being perfectly okay to terrible beyond measure. Um, during, I think, one of the Dutch matches, we just got a sound test on a loop. And Yeah, I, th- I think with Discovery... Uh, so Discovery owns Eurosport. They've bid for the license for all of Europe and then have licensed two streams out to uh, other channels, so like the BBC here. And then Discovery Plus is their kind of on-demand service where you can get all of it. The sound has been the main issue. The The actual picture quality I've always found to be really good quality. Um, but yeah, the sound. So the first few games, uh, there was no sound at all, no commentary. Uh, and I don't think I even got stadium noise because I've spoken to people about this and they would say, oh, there's a setting to uh, put on stadium noise or commentary. Yeah. And I went and looked and it was on commentary and it was still silent. Uh, like you say, there was the sound test going out during a certain game. And the, there's been a number of connection issues where I've been watching the game and it's just cut off and told me the game is no longer available. And I've had to close the app and go back in and then suddenly it's working again, which I, I'm hoping is just kind of a performance issue where there's so many people trying to watch the hockey that it's not going to server over. Maybe. So obviously a lot of people have been critical in the past of things like uh, Eurohockey when stuff's gone wrong. But on the other hand, they are not broadcast experts and they're setting up on a very small budget and not charging a huge amount of money. Discovery is <laughs> pretty big, you know? Uh, and, and these are things which just shouldn't happen with a company that size. Um, I, I use from I recently decided to get a television, having not had one for a long time. And... Uh, but frustratingly, there's no Discovery Plus app on the Roku like plugin that I've got. So I have to watch it on my phone because it doesn't work on my laptop either. Um, I've tried speaking to their tech support. They could not be less interested based on the answers I'm getting. Um, so I appreciate the IOC needs to make money. But on the other hand, the sponsors are getting nothing really out of this. Uh, the national, the international governing bodies are getting little out of it. It's doing our credibility no good whatsoever. Um, so hopefully for Paris, maybe things will be better. <laughs> maybe. Uh, I will say, however, just on a positive, going back to BBC, um, it's been really good to see Sam Quek get a lot of uh, attention and praise for the job she's been doing. Um, obviously, no longer quite so connected in the hockey world uh, i think she's still playing for Bowden. um but over the years since rio she's proven to be an incredibly articulate woman really insightful analysis of things speaks of authority about different topics uh and i think there have been people who've doubted whether or not it made sense for a hockey player to be the front of of this um arguing that you know she wasn't as big a name as maybe someone else was but i think anyone who's been doubting she's proven everybody wrong um so i'm really pleased to see her doing doing well and thriving there and obviously the, the small news of question of sport as well uh is great yeah and great for hockey obviously but really good for her so that's a positive anyway should we move on to a brighter topic so what have you got what's excited i mean I think going into today, it was very exciting because there was a possibility for, I think, of the 12 teams, there was only Canada that was mathematically out of the running to go through. 
yeah. up until this morning. So um, it, it was really interesting, the discussion going back and forth online of, oh, well, if this result goes this way and this result goes this way, uh, then any any of this group can go through and this could this could be the matchup or this could be the matchup. Oh, well, I think this is a bad matchup for uh, India if they go up against Germany because X, Y, Z. And it was just, it's been really interesting and bringing the online community alive which is something i don't think we see very often in hockey there's, there's lots of buzz around results and uh, the speculation around it on the pitch i think has been some fantastic hockey played i mean south africa never say die scoring i think some of the best goals of the tournament yeah. while getting an absolute drumming against belgium to be fair pretty much everyone has apart from britain <laughs> yeah but i mean the the i think one of the goals the guy runs like the length of the pitch yeah, and you just yeah, you yeah, don't yeah, see right. that usually from a team that's like four goals <laughs> behind. They're like, yeah, we're we're still in this. Yeah, no, I, I, I work with a few South African guys, and I just like <laughs> for the messages coming from them, they're so happy, they're loving it, and it's really good to see because it's obviously it's a sport where they, you know, like they didn't even get to go to Rio because they just decided as a as an Olympic committee they weren't going to bother sending them, um, which is utterly disgraceful not to have even warned beforehand, uh, let them qualify and then make that decision is shocking um but yeah like there's some outrageous players and like so much flair and crazy stuff happening and yeah they went tactically they knew what they were doing against the belgians did a cracking job and there's other there's other underdogs i think it's been nice like you know argentina today they only just scraped in there was a chance that the current <laughs> olympic gold medalists on the men's side were going to be eliminated um and then spain have managed to sneak in at the, at the death of it um australia again like australia and new zealand no one's seen them play hockey for like a year basically um they've just been playing against like state sides and under 21 sides and against each other probably to a point they're bored of seeing each other's faces um yeah it's been wonderful to have this crazy crazy stuff going on and then on the women's side um obviously ireland for me i think they've been really good uh they still technically have a chance it's a slim one right now um i think a lot of people expect to turn up and really struggle and the fact that going into the last day they still have a chance speaks volumes of the work they've done and although india dominated the game they were perhaps lucky to, to sneak that i mean but mcfurlane and goals just exceptional so obviously on the other side of it, we've got the women's draw. Um, where, where are you thinking the surprises might come on that? Well, yeah, I mean, again, on the women's side of things, it's all open going into the final day. So India are playing South Africa. If South Africa wins, that puts three teams on three points. So it all comes down to goal difference at the minute. Ireland are ahead, but if South Africa win, that could push them forward. If GB beat Ireland, then that could, again, push them down. It's suddenly all, again, all to play for. On the other side, there's China still has a, an outside chance of going through. They can catch Spain on six points. So it's it's again it's it's very interesting. There's just so much going on. I think the Netherlands have in unexpected form looked dominant. I know no one thought that going into the tournament <laughs> that, that the Netherlands would be a strong team. But I mean Australia again. I think they're four wins from four, even with all of the the stuff going on going into the the tournament with the. Yeah investigation that i don't don't know if a, a final official report on that has come out but we know serious high ups in their their system have yeah. kind of fallen on their sword yeah no um i think with australia it, it, you do wonder what if they'd actually had something approaching a, a sensible preparation to this uh 
letting the players train in the squad like Rachel Lynch um, instead of kicking them out and then letting them back in at the last minute. Um, uh, yeah, in terms of like you know the Dutch, it's been interesting. I was re- I was on Hockey Puntanel uh, yesterday or today, I can't remember which day it was. Um, and there's some people really fed up and and don't think they're doing a good job, and yet they're steamrolled. Um, obviously today they um, they only snuck it one nil. Uh, against the British women, or was it yesterday? Um, it's hard. I, I'm losing track. Yesterday, <laughs> all the sleep, fun, and games of this in our time zone difference. Um, but yeah, you know, there were people complaining about Kaya the massacre, saying she's too slow and she's too easy to read, and this, that, and the other. Um, give Matt a chance and that sort of stuff. And yet they are just obliterating everyone. Um, so it's it's been quite quite something. Um, I guess we should probably talk about the two. GB squads. Um, maybe we can start on one of the more disappointing or frustrating topics. So we are one of very few, possibly the only countries who are not using our 17th and 18th player. Um, others are. They're cycling through them. Um, it might now change with a potential injury to Ellie Rare. Um, we'll find out, I guess, soon enough if, if someone gets drafted in. Um, but what are your thoughts on the lack of use of those two players? What's the political way of saying it's real stupid? <laughs> Uh, it, uh, to me, I feel like it's a, a mismanagement of the, the squad that they have to not utilise everyone. The the whole purpose of opening up the squad to 18, but saying you only have a match day squad of 16 is to allow that player rotation because they know it's going to be warm. People have not had the acclimatisation they, they usually go through. I mean, it was only a few weeks ago that we saw the GB squad training in their heat and humidity tents. But doing a few hours in a heat and humidity tent is not the same as going out there and walking around in that temperature, in that humidity and properly acclimatizing. So people are going to struggle. And so utilizing those extra players might not kind of make that much of a difference at this point, but in the long run, it's like the uh, the teams who have had people go down injured, like Hendricks today. So Belgium played the rest of the game with a squad of 15, which again, might not have affected them today, but that's more running that those 15 yeah. players have had to do going into the quarterfinal stage now admittedly i don't think belgium are going to falter at the quarterfinals but it's something that's going to add up that tournament fatigue and i know it's something that people have talked about uh, it's something that i've talked about in fact as well australia new zealand argentina the the european teams have the benefit of two months ago six weeks ago they played the european championships and so they had that tournament play of you're playing a competitive game every kind of other day and so they'll have that at least baseline tournament stamina going forward where other teams might drop off as they, they continue. Yeah, I, it, it's been frustrating. You know, when I was watching the Belgium match today, I was thinking, would you, if you were Belgium, would you be disappointed to see Alan Forsyth sat in the stands? Probably not. Um, I, yeah, uh, and I, I've heard, and I don't know if it's true, but I've heard from very reliable sources that when we bombed out against the Dutch in the semi-final in 2012 for the men, it was because we had been training so intensively and not resting when others would do walking pace stuff and, you know, more relaxed training. Uh, and that it just, they just collapsed uh, and, and couldn't cope. Uh, and, and that's why they got turned over so badly against the Dutch in the semi-final that year. And then actually put in a good inning in the bronze medal match against Australia because they'd had a rest day. Um, it seems remarkable to not let them. Obviously, Danny Kerry and uh, Mark Hager are very, very qualified coaches and they've probably got their reasons. Um, but for me, it, it seemed like almost like a get out of jail free card potentially for, for not picking Forsyth when this rule change came in. Um, and, you know, I think Sarah Evans as well, that's a good, reliable player who, when she steps in, she's not going to let you down 
and it would have been maybe useful when you look at just they come off a pitch drenched they're it's not the same as anywhere else they play is it i mean it just seems sensible surely to give them a bit of a break but whatever um but on the past side i think there's been some good standout performances um should we look at the men or the women first uh let's go with women first so uh, we obviously don't know again she she had a bit of a clatter but lily owsley has looked good um she looks fiery she's someone who scares people fronts people Anna Toman, consistently probably the best player for Great Britain and England for the last few years, uh, still looks solid as as anything. Uh, and Hinch, I think she she seems to have you know gone back to her old self. Um, I think she's been very open about the doubts and the issues she's had in the past. And you know, like against the Dutch, she was fantastic. And she seems to be getting back to that point where I think players are going to be t- are going to be scared of facing her because they know she is exceptional. How about so? How about yourself? Are there any women in the GB team who you think are stand out? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a, a few who are really kind of stepping up. I think it was really good to see Hannah Martin getting on the score sheet. I know yeah. she she's recently back from injury, so it's good to see her say getting in there, getting her, her name on the score sheet going forward. I think that'll give her a lot of confidence getting back in in the mix, and hopefully we'll get us a few more goals going forward. Your favorite player of all time, Anna Toman, I think has had some really good performances going forward, creating a lot of chances. I do think at times the the attack from GB falls a bit flat, but I think we are getting back to that defensive wall that we had. Uh, in 2016 when we took the gold medal but yeah I just uh, I'm really hopeful going forward that we can keep this defensive structure and maybe convert a few penalty corners yeah and to be fair you know what you when you were talking there it made me think of Fiona Crackles she is good at hockey I like her um <laughs> like she's she gets in a mix and she, like uh little deflections she's tenacious I really rate her and so young as well there's so many young players like Lily Owsley it's ridiculous she's only 26 that's just not fair and Laura Unsworth as well oh and Laura Unsworth that goal oh my god yeah. <laughs> the, the greatest coaching material ever created this is what you can do if you set a high press and you split the defense they will pass to you at top D you can walk in and nutmeg a goalkeeper at the Olympics. When I saw that, I texted a mate and said they should, at the end of a match, have made her a baroness. Like, Laura Unsworth is just an exceptional hockey talent. And I, I, I think, I was, I was checking the age, there's a chance she could still be playing in Paris because, God, when she does retire... That's a massive, massive talent gone. And she is just fantastic. So, yeah, it was really good to see that casual nutmeg of a goalkeeper. Well done, Unzi. Sorry, needed a sip. Um, yeah, was... right, what should we talk about next? Free-flowing. So, the the men's squad. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I got distracted with the Baroness thing. Um, can you imagine her in the House of Lords? That would be amazing. Have you ever heard her? No. Really... Uh, I mean, I'm sure I have, but I can't. Oh, think off the top of my head. Great. She is relentlessly demanding of people. I think she'd be amazing. If, if they can have Ian Bothman there just because of Brexiteer, surely they can have Laura Unsworth who's actually a brain. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that leads on to the men. Uh, so for me, uh, I think Ollie Payne, uh, again, stepped up big time. He's been fantastic. Um, some of the saves he's pulled off are amazing. It just looks like he's there, isn't he? You know, he, he's completely comfortable. Um, Sam Ward, you know, obviously we, we, we were talking earlier about the lack of uh, Slona, but on the other hand, Wardy is doing the job uh, that he's asked to do and doing, doing a good one there. And uh, is it Ansel? It's just popping up the goals left, right and centre. Um, yeah, Ansel's had a couple. Uh, I think Shipley has yes. chipped in a couple as well. 
Yeah, the one today, but the team goal at the start against Belgium was just beautiful. Um, uh, a very good lesson clearly learned from the Netherlands game. Yeah. Because it's a carbon copy of the goal they scored against us. <laughs> Almost literally attacking from the left-hand side, 1-2 along the baseline, played across for a deflection by the goalkeeper. Yeah. Uh, Draper doing uh, yeah. doing things that only Draper does. He's good. I like him. Um, Sanford, yeah. absolutely heroic on penalty corners. Yeah. I, I can only assume that he has lost all feeling below the <laughs> knee because the amount that he wears on his feet, on his shins, and he just casually walks back to the goal and runs one again. Yeah. <laughs> got an exoskeleton yeah it's That's the only thing that makes sense sport. just turning him into weapon x yeah and also do you know what another one uh james gall just like obviously he's been in the squad for a while but suddenly he he's creating stuff like up top just wandering around creating chance putting ridiculous crosses in um it's lovely to see now uh, it's been obviously the euros for england were although they finished fourth i think a lot of us were really happy with how they played and you could see there was potential there uh, and wales perhaps were um, they didn't probably do quite as well as they'd hoped they would do at the Euros, but again, there's some talent there, um, and there's no one from Scotland in the squad is fair because of Slona. Um, but it's 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 really good to see, and it's nice to feel excited about them. And also, they're just they're good blokes as well, which is really important when it comes to trying to inspire people. But when you you know like Brendan, Phil, and all these other guys, they're genuinely nice guys. And when you listen to them doing interviews, you can tell they're not just you know your typical, unfortunately stereotypical uh, hockey player, posh London, whatever. They're, they're proper nice, normal people. So it's really good to see that. I was going to say Tarquins. <laughs> yeah no but they're not are they they're, they're, no they're all good you know there's they're all good blokes which is nice to see um and uh, it's going to be an interesting they got a tough one potentially in india a bit of an unknown quantity in a way because they've not been out and about too much in the last few months uh thanks to covid no i think from an indian point of view kind of the best case scenario was that they got gb yeah of the top four that was going through just because i think the, I think it's a fair description of the Indian team to say that they're a collection of very skilled players, but they're not necessarily a cohesive team. And I think the Germans especially would pick them apart. Yeah. Probably likewise with the Belgians and probably the Dutch. I think the the GB team, I think we've got a very good chance of picking them apart as well. But I just think uh, especially the, the Germans would be a, a horrible matchup. I think it may come down to the umpire approach. As to what they will or won't tolerate, there are some people who think GB are, are quite physical, uh, and I would suspect that they could probably impose themselves against the Indians. So it's whether or not they're a judge to impose themselves too much. I think is maybe the question. Um, but yeah, it should be an interesting game. Obviously, with my GB hat on, I quite like them. Yes, um, I de- definitely want GB to go through. I was joking online the other day that I wanted Japan to go through and it to be a G- GB versus Japan final. Because I'm pretty sure they'd allow crowds. Yeah, it's a shame though. I think you know, with, with the work that the Japanese have done um, for both the men and the women, but they haven't got the crowds there because they've both advanced. However, men qualified legitimately by winning their their continental uh, tournament as well, <clears throat> and, and the women are, are routinely in the mix anyway um, at, at that you know world level. Um, so it is a shame for growing the sport. 
but they haven't had the crowds. And hopefully there's been an element of people being able to see it and appreciate the good work that they've done over there. Um, I suppose we've talked a little bit there on the umpiring. Shall we um, go for the elephant in the room? In, in the in the yeah. video referral room? My God, it was bad to start with. And I know it's not the video umpire's fault. So they've, they've talked about on air multiple times the technical issues which from reports that i've seen is basically that they they've been given like a 2008 pre-smartphone screen to look at and being asked to make the decision based on that and just there's not the the quality of image for them to see so despite the fact that they have all the cameras i saw one thing that said uh, i don't know how how uh, trustworthy the source for this quote was but uh, i believe it said that in one of them they were struggling to distinguish between the edge of the ball and the edge of the player's white sock which if it is true is just woeful yeah um so i think it also it makes them look worse when we're seeing the replay through the, the broadcast, right? you know, high definition and slow motion. And you can clearly see what the decision is Yeah. when it then comes back. No decision possible. I mean, I think the first couple of games before we knew about this technical issue that we were having, I, I think even the commentators were saying that's ridiculous. How can they not give the decision there? And it, it just paints them in, in a bad light for something that's outside of their control. Yeah, and I think it's been a difficult one because, <clears throat> you know, the FIH uh, can't just throw the IOC the bus and say how badly, or, or the tournament organisers, how badly it's been handled start. But on the other hand, <clears throat> it's shambolic and enormously frustrating for those of us who have watched foot in bewilderment at how badly they have managed to do video referral when we've had it since 2007 in the Euro Hockey League. Other sports have had it for even longer in, in different capacities. Um, and to be honest, we're traditionally speaking, I think probably one of the best sports for use of video. Uh, and it was disastrous at the start. Um, <clears throat> so it's good it's been fixed. Uh, the other side of the umpiring thing I think is also worth discussing. So I saw a lot of criticism right at the start and a little bit more recently as well, but mostly at the start was about the umpiring getting stuff wrong and saying, oh, basics are wrong or whatever. Um, and yeah, I think there were mistakes made. However, it's worth bearing in mind that most of these umpires arrived two days before the first match, whereas the players had a bit longer. The players have also most of the ones from the developed nations who are strong uh, hockey-wise have spent time acclimatizing like we've seen in, in great britain and other countries um using heat chambers and stuff the umpires haven't had you know they're not full-time permanent umpires their job is not to go and spend three or four hours a day training and then have two hours a day in a in a heat chamber so it's a huge adjustment uh to, to make to make there um and a lot of them have come from countries where there's been no hockey uh, and and you know you're jumping from probably umpiring a few like the senior squad against an 21s team in a few friendlies to doing the Olympics, which is insane. Um, so I think, yeah, there have been mistakes, but people need to take it with a pinch of salt and understand the reality of where we are uh, and maybe be slightly more fair. Um, and, and those who do make mistakes, I'm pretty confident they will hold their hands up and know that when they've made a mistake and, and try and deal with it as best they can uh, and don't need armchair experts lecturing them on what they've got right or wrong. No, I absolutely refuse to be reasonable. <laughs> you refuse to be reasonable. <laughs> yeah, cost us a goal earlier. Still sulking. Yeah. I know, I know Taft's crying and smashing up 
plates and stuff at home, which is why he's not joining us because of that. But yeah, oh yeah, task living. I've never seen so many swear words. No, no, that was that's. I'd say for anyone listening, it's a good idea to jump on uh, the FH Umpires Discord and read the opinions there. I'm not going to spoil what she said. It was good insight, um, and uh, yeah, worth having a look. Worth having. Sorry. Yeah. So we've talked about umpires maybe not being in the right state of mind going into this let's talk about rossi (laughs) well he was in one state of mind yeah so in case people haven't seen a rough summary of the events was at the end of the game a spanish player was down with cramp an argentinian player was helping him stretch and rossi ran over screamed him in his face and also jabbed his stick into the back side of his head completely kind of out of the blue i think during the game they'd had a, a little bit of something but it the game was over he was down on the ground and he runs up and screams in his face which i mean number one we're in the covid pandemic world you shouldn't get that close to someone and scream in their face but just just i, I mean it, it's beyond words yeah, so I, I, I almost spat out my drink on your description, which was, to be honest with you, pretty much bang on. You've not embellished that at all. Um, that is what happened. Um, so for context, like, and again, I'll shout her out, but this time I am going to spoil it. Sorry, Keely. Um, <laughs> Keely went through this really well on FH Umpires and showed Rewound some footage to explain what had happened. And there were incidents in the build-up during the game. And there was a major one about five minutes before the end of the match where basically Rossi nailed uh, this, this Spaniard. I can't remember his name, sorry. Was it Allegra? Oh, uh, no, you've asked me. I can't think. I think it's David Allegra. Anyway, he nailed him. Um, and all being well, he probably should have been binned off. Um, he didn't. And as the Spaniard ran away with the ball, he clearly says something to have a go at him because Rossi goes from rolling around on the floor like a footballer to popping up immediately, ready to have a fight. Um, and then game comes to its conclusion all seems to be well i mean it was an argentinian helping him stretch which shows it's a fairly amicable ending of the game really if that's happening um and yeah it just comes over and welts him and screams in his face and a few people said oh there's no way that's a red car that's soft but then i think again you have to refer back to the thierry brink incident with uh Kampong, where when you watch it in real time there's no doubt it's a red card he's deliberately twatted the stomach in this one he's deliberately hit him in the head the only thing that really is in question is why has he not been sent home he has given a one match ban which for basically hitting someone in the head with a 100% carbon stick or a 70% carbon stick. That's mental. So I would go as far as to say there is no place for hitting someone in the head in a hockey game on purpose. Like, oh, he's hitting with a stick. He's hit him in, in the head after the game while the player is on the ground receiving treatment for... From his mate. From, yeah, from a teammate. It's just, it's completely unnecessary. Like you say, I agree. I think he should have been sent home playing one game with 15 players and then him being allowed to rejoin the squad, I think, sends the wrong message. Yeah. But also, surely for the coach, this should introduce an element of doubt where you look, can you really trust him to not do something daft like that? Well, Because if you're not. the opposition, niggle, I, I, I would niggle constantly. Yeah, I was going to say, if, if I knew someone was going to react like that in a game, I would be chirping at him constantly. And like I've played in games where we've come across a player like that and it's a case of, okay, everyone say something. Yeah. Because, I mean, you can you can quite easily talk a player off a pitch. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, for me, I, I would have liked to have seen him get sent home just because I think that sends a clear message that there's no place for it. 
I kind of would like to see the Argentinian coach step in and say, okay, you're going to be the 18th player now and you will only be used if there's an injury. Yeah, or just switch into goalkeeper. <laughs> but I, just, I don't see that happening. Yeah, well, I've got a nicer topic. And it's probably the most important thing. And the only people, only reason people are actually watching the Olympics is for the stash. So uh, we've had the um, the World Cup of stash We've had the European Championships of Stash, now it's the Olympic competition. So, who to you? First of all, let's get rid of, let's bin off. Who, who are we binning off? Who's going to TK Maxx? I've got to say, when it comes to the, the playing kit, I don't, I don't like the, the Argentinian kit. Yeah, interesting going with black. I, I, I think for women, I, I think pink was a nice one. Obviously, this is their normal playing kit, and this is the whole Olympic squad, so it's different. But yeah, I, I, I think the black one's all right. I'm not a big fan of their, their, their home kit, using quotation marks, which no one can see. As well. Yeah, the uh, the men's home kit with the mostly white body with two small sections of sky blue stripe, to me, does kind of look like it's someone spilt something on it. It's not quite washed out properly. Yeah. And just, uh, no, I don't like it. I think I usually really like the Argentinian kit. You know, the the sky blue stripes and the white, I think, looks quite smart a lot of the time. But this one's just oh, it's so bad. Anyone else on the negative side for you? Uh, I mean, I've never been a fan of all white kits. So the Belgium kit is the away option. I just, I think all white strips don't look good. I know some people do like them. It's a very much personal thing. I just, I've never thought they look right. Well, for me, it's also got the negative connotations of the Galactico period of Real Madrid, uh, which I want a fan of. So for me, on that basis alone, it's a problem. Um, but also, I generally like Belgian hockey kit, but I really don't like this one. And even more annoyingly, I think it's made by Reese. So it's even actually, it's a proper hockey, well, not proper hockey brand, but it's a hockey brand. Um, so it's disappointing to see. Uh, but yeah, um, obviously I've, I've been lucky. I've got them in the TRS suite from the reverse stick. So I'm, I'm hoping that if GB don't win gold, it's, it's a Belgian. But that said, I will be watching it with one eye wincing at least, thinking, oh, that kit, you know, could be better. At least Vincent Van Ash, you know, his stuff. Right, for me, yeah. I would also throw the South African kit in there. I really don't like it. They've had some good ones in the past at the Olympics. This is not a year. But on the plus side, they're distracting everyone from how bad their kit is with the flair they're showing on pitch with the sticks. Yeah, I, I mean, I was just looking at the South African kit and trying to decide if I think the pattern is meant to be something or not. I can't I can't quite decide if I think it's meant to be a snake. I don't think but it is. I, I will think... say how the helmet, the goalkeeper, the blokes is wearing. I like that. That's a good one. And the goalkeeper schmock he's wearing is good as well. But yeah, I'm not a fan of it. Um, I don't know. You, you're making enemies cool. out of people who like patterns. Okay, well, if you want to make enemies, here's one. Yay or nay for the GB kit? See, I don't dislike the GB kit. Really? This kit, so last night after hockey, we were in the pub and I didn't bring this topic up. Someone else brought it up and everyone was unanimous that the the playing kit terrible like the, the all the you know like the stuff they wear for the park and with the exception of those bizarre transparent coats everyone else was like yeah they're all good but the playing kit everyone was in agreement they looked before so the the red kit i have no problem with the white kit with the random again someone spilt something it's not quite washed out properly navy like patches yeah maybe that's why they can't tell it apart yeah okay that's fair shout the red kit's not so bad particularly on the men um, no, I'm not a fan of that that white one. I think the the issue is a lot of the Olympic kits are always very plain because there's a a lot of branding uh, has to be removed or 
taken to like the the bare minimum amount. Yeah, so I've got the I've got the 2012 one. Can't say in all sincerity and honesty, but I actually fit into it anyway. But um, cause I've, I've I've cultivated mass. Um, but uh, you washed it on the wrong temperature yeah, setting, obviously. Yeah, definitely, I've shrunk not not. But yeah, that one was a nice one, and I think the Rio kit was as well. Um, yeah, the red one's all right. I could take the red one. I'd be all right with that. If we got gold, I'd be willing to buy it. If we, if we're playing red. All right, let's leave that one. So, good kits. Do you want me to open it, or do you want to go first? Yeah, yeah, you can go first. All right, straight out, Ireland, I think. Do you know what? When I heard that there would be a different shade of green, I was like, oh, my God, how could it possibly be that? Like, to, obviously, with my exposure to Irish sport, it's primarily through the, the hockey teams. I couldn't believe it. And then when I saw it, I thought, oh, well, that's, that's pretty good. And then when you see it actually on pitch, yeah, that's a serious hockey. Um, I rate it. And yeah, that's a to me that's one of the best out there. There's another one I think in contention for best kit, but I think it's a two horse race for me. Anyway, I'll let you go. So, oh, actually, sorry. One last thing on the Irish kit: Chloe Watkins with that white band that she's wearing. To me, that's almost like Italian ninety, like iconic athlete. Just look of the the outfit she's wearing with that massive headband. She's, I mean, like it must be doing her suntan. Absolutely no service whatsoever. But I love that. I think it's such a good look. Fair enough. Um, yeah, for me, you disagree? I what, think. No, I think uh, we can't stop there. You got to speak your mind on Chloe Watkins' headband. I rate it. I, I mean, I'm a I'm a big fan of headbands. Just I've never heard someone think about the the tan that someone's getting because of a headband. <laughs> Caught me off guard. It's not one of those things that I think about. And then I looked down and remembered, you know, I wear a watch most of the time, and I've got a big white line around my wrist whenever I take it off. So does she have to commit to wearing the headband going forward? Well, I think outside of hockey or all, all TV interviews, if she has to make any appearances, she's got to have the giant headband to cover I up. Do, do you, I do think it, oh, there's another one. Is it Shirley McLean? There's another one wearing a similar one. Um, but yeah, because there's so because she's because of her position on the pitch as well as being one of the more creative midfielders. She features in a lot of photographs. Um, but yeah, it's just I think it's a it's a really interesting look. I just, I like it. I think it's a good one. I'm a fan of it. I don't, I'm not normally a fan of headbands in general uh, mostly because with my grey hair it doesn't work but yeah big fan of Chloe Watkins big fan of Irish hockey big fan of the headband two beers down yeah. <laughs> oh man yeah so uh, playing kits I think the Spanish kit looks very sharp it's definitely better than London I can't remember the Rio one I remember being so disappointed when I saw the London one because I was I obviously I'm a bit of a stash fiend. I was really keen to pick up stuff. And they had a shop which was selling, I think, the Spanish and the Russian kits, the same provider for both. And it was so disappointing because it was a terrible looking kit. So you like the one that they got this year? Yeah, I think it's a nice, simple, clean design. Uh, the Australian kit, I'm glad yeah, they've yeah. moved away from that. I want to say tealy green that they were wearing away from this they've gone back to the the darker green which i think looks much better yeah doesn't look like a kit that's been washed too many times and sort of faded a bit uh and i think the japan kit looks really good yeah so that was the one i think is the contender alongside ireland the best kit just before that i'm going to mention of new zealand i quite like the simplicity of it and also it's reminded me of how much i miss how fun the, the Kiwi squad are with in the general Olympic village. And one of my favorite all time things that's happened at the Olympics ever. You know, people talk about, you know, like doing doing that fist salute or people winning iconic races or Stephen uh, Redgrave talking about things. For me, it's the Kiwi players 
pretending to be the armed police confronting people who are from fictitious countries like the Seychelles. Love that. <laughs> and it's such a shame that we don't have that because consistently year after year at the Olympics, the Kiwis are just top band and we're robbed of that because of covid anyway i i digress um so yeah uh, while we're talking about things that we want to get police involved with the uh, australian goal celebration of doing a floss no none of that i haven't seen that and yes that should be an automatic free match. i i think just the goal gets chalked off yeah we can suggest Sorry, back to nil nil we should bring that back to the uh, the rule review episode <laughs> And also, if the, if the goal celebration is so good, then you double it. Yeah. Um, there was there was the one where is it Naomi Van Ass scored a goal or Velton scored a goal and they did a rowing boat. I'm all for elaborate goal celebrations. I got sick of a day a few years ago for doing um, pretending I was a uh, you know running and shooting and sniping my team. They all had to fall down. We'd agreed it before a match. If I got a hat trick, we we're going to do that. Um, yeah, good fun. Definitely worth getting dick of a day for that. And they all played along, so I think they all, we all shared that team dick of a day. But anyway, back to Japan. Yeah, uh, we have Taffy to calm me down. <laughs> Just running around. Yeah, this, this is inmates running the asylum. <laughs> Lost the voice of control. Yeah, so for me, yes. the Japan strip. It's, it's just ball. And it has been for years as well. And that's something I really like is what we see at World Cup or what used to be Champions Trophy um, and, and other FIH events and so on. It was a nice kit. And what they've got at the Olympics isn't too far off that anyway. Um, so it's, it's really good to see that carried on. Um, I remember uh, James, who's a, a fellow volunteer at many of the events, It's he always says what a beautiful kit it is. And he's spot on. It's, it's a lovely one. Yeah, and the... Uh... The goalkeeper, Smock as well, yep. looks fantastic. So the only other, the glaring omission, I'd say, is the Dutch. And again, hot topic of debate last night down the Red Bull at Roy McGrath's favourite pub in Cambridge. Um, the Dutch kit, yay or nay? I'll be honest, I've got to be a nay. Really? For the home and away? For the home. Still trying to make my mind up on the away. I'm just scrolling, trying to find a nice picture of it. Yeah, I'm trying to say frantically. Yeah, it's not too... Like, as it made by Adidas, isn't it? So it's, it's yeah. actually very similar to what they use for, for the existing kit anyway. Yeah, um, it's again, it's a very simple, clean design. Don't think there's any real pattern to it. Quite a nice colour. But then you come to the badge and it's just a big white square. And I think it ruins it. Yeah, I can understand that. Yeah, I just come across right. continuing kit again. I'm not a big fan of that. Also, India. Okay, so India, that's one of the kits in the past I've always thought was a really beautiful kit. And this year, a bit meh. Like one of my favourite things I've got here, which obviously for those listening to a podcast can't see, um, <laughs> is, is an Indian IOC pin. And again, it's just, it's so beautiful. Like when uh, when you see the Olympic Committee pins from different countries, some of them are very, very functional. And the Indian one is nice. And with the Indian kit at this Olympics, yeah, again, it's just a bit meh. I think the only kind of flourish to the Indian kit is that the side panel, I think, is the Indian flag. and But other than that, it's kind of a blue T-shirt. Oh, yeah, you're right, it is. Yeah, no, it is. It's just basically a blue T-shirt. I'm not a fan of that. Um, and again, of course, we've ignored the most important, the umpire kit. Um, I quite like the, the Tokyo Pink, fan of that. That said, the Japanese Hockey Association umpire kit is my all-time favourite one, the rainbow kit. I am disappointed to see that wasn't incorporated. Have you seen what I'm talking about? Yeah, I think I've come across it before. That is... I would happily fly to Japan to umpire one match if I knew I was going to get that kit. It would be worth it. It is the best umpiring kit on the planet. And I had a chat with Selim the other day about how nice the Belgian umpiring kit is, but nothing on, on the Japanese stuff. 
and it would get rid of the ongoing issue of the umpires constantly clashing with the goalkeepers. <laughs> yep, that's true. So often they're in the same colour. Although I know Keeley did voice upset at the, I think it was in the New Zealand game. The umpires were forced to wear like neon green yeah, I don't socks. Like <laughs> oh, horrible. Do you know what? Actually, that's a good point. Like, like and so often there's this argument people have about um, basically you know, the sexualization of the women's kit that they have to wear uh, skirts uh, when the men can wear trousers. But right now, I think most of the men would probably be quite keen to wear shorts when they're umpiring over there. Yeah, I, I've, I've never really understood why yeah. the... The female umpires are made to wear no same skirts and long socks. I assume the long socks is because they wear shin pads, just in case there's a rebound comes their way. I don't, I, I was told off for wearing shin pads when I was umpiring a, a regional prem match once, and I was like, "Well, I might get yeah, hit." I think there's a difference between regional prem and international. Oh, I don't know. Glenn Kirkham's still playing regional prem. I think not. He'd ever miss a shot on goal. How close did you have to stand to the goal to check whether or not it had gone over the goal line? I know. <laughs> I, I'm asking you an umpiring question. I don't know what context you could be reading into that. No, no, no. Um, in fact, that's um, a good point, actually. It's going to remind me another thing. If I'm, I'm Maybe I'll, I'll, I might do a taff, get on my box and have something to say here. Um, the, the attacking of the FIH social media team over... The last week, I found it infuriating. Um, I appreciate they are representing their fights, but this is an IOC event. I've had pe- there's people complaining about them showing highlights of Pro League matches or World Cup matches to build up excitement for a game. They don't have the broadcast rights. They don't have the rights to show highlights. They're doing what they can to try and grow the game and to get people excited. So with my taff hat on, just ease off, you know? And, and when it comes- Sorry, you go. I was going to, one of the things I was going to bring up was I was actually going to praise the FIH Instagram. Yeah. Because their coverage has been fantastic. They've been on it getting out results as games are finishing. It's usually within about five minutes of game finishing. They've got a result post up. They put up updates at like quarter time during games. There's pictures going up. Um, The only complaint I would have is that the report of what the next day's matches are goes out at, I think about half 11 12 o'clock which I mean technically it's still the next day's matches but kind of only just and a lot of the the European audience don't see it I kind of like to see that go out at like maybe eight nine o'clock uh UK time it gives a little bit more time for people to plan if they're going to get up early or not yeah I think but like I say largely I've I thought it it's been fantastic. Yeah, I, you know they get a lot of criticism, and and we are not exactly shy of criticizing FIH on certain topics. Um, however, I think their their attempt have been really good to provide as much coverage as they can. Um, the the quality of photographs again is really good. Uh, the, uh, the the daily hockey show, the, the hockey I can't remember how what it's called, but the, the hockey event that that Sarah Juggins is hosting. She's got some good quality people on there talking of authority about stuff um so yeah there's a lot of people who again with my taff hat on stop laying into them they're doing a good job um i believe it's called the hock e show h-o-k-e um yeah like i say uh the they're getting a daily show out 
I think they're about half an hour each. My only complaint has been the quality of the the stream that they've done. Uh, And because they've been putting up the kind of on demand is just the recording of the stream. It, again, has not been great. There's drops in the connection, which I find a bit grating to listen to at times, especially if the connection is really bad. But the actual content's been fantastic. Yeah. Like you say, putting up replays of Pro League games to kind of get some build up to... Yeah, and the people who these are games that they can't show highlights for, they can't show footage from. Yeah, the people complaining of uh, you know the real hockey keynotes who we do need, but the FIH's job is to appeal to you know the average Joe or someone who's just coming across it for the first time or isn't you know a massive super duper fan of international hockey, and that's why it's good to have this stuff out. It gives some context to a game, so if people can see, oh. England beat Belgium when they faced them in the group stages of the Euros. Um, therefore, GB have a chance. That's a good thing to see uh, for the men's side of it. Um, yeah, I, I, I think yeah, people just need to ease off a little bit on that. Um, was there anything the else? The only we... exception is quarter circle. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> two half circles at each end of the pitch. No, it's not. Yeah, yeah. Describing it as two quarter circles located at each end of the pitch. Just with the exception of that, fantastic coverage. Yeah. And also, they've been putting out daily or pretty much daily where you can actually watch. Yeah. So telling you who the broadcasters are and the number of people who have sent messages to me saying, do you know where I can watch this? And I've just sent them a link to the FIH's latest post saying, here's who is streaming the games or where you can watch. Yeah, and it's worth bearing in mind, but obviously under normal circumstance, all the people contributing this to this would be at the stadium instead of stuck in various different countries. Um, so I think people need to be maybe manage their expectations very slightly here. Yeah, like I said, I think it's fantastic that they're getting out the content that they are getting out without being there live. Yeah. So it's predictions time. We're now for the men at the course final stage and for the women pretty much there. By the time Taft's finished throwing his wobbly, collect all his toys, put them back in the pram or the shop, uh, we'll be in a position that he can publish this. So who are you predicting for, first of all, should we go women or men first for gold, silver, bronze? Uh, let's go with the men's first because we know who's in the quarterfinals at time of recording. Yeah, that's a shout. Okay, who do you reckon? I think we're going to see Belgium take gold. Yep. I think Great Britain is going to take silver. That can't happen, unfortunately. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I checked the route to the final, hoping it would be possible. Because I really want my friend Gutier. I'd love, I'd love it if I could somehow get to Belgium and watch it alongside him. Not... No, unfortunately, I think that we would meet them in the the semi final if both teams go through. But uh, I think Belgium are going to make it to the final, and then I'm torn between whether I think it'll be Germany or Australia. I'm going to go Germany for silver and Australia bronze. Okay, interesting. So I would say, yes, Belgium for gold. Um, not just because of uh, the lovely, lovely men at reverse stick giving them a sweep, but also I've, I've always had a soft spot for them. And I think they're probably the best team in the tournament by a reasonable distance. Um, the only caveat would be if Hendricks doesn't come back, but hopefully, fingers crossed. It's I was going to say, look, looking at the end of the game he was sat in the crowd yeah if, if it's if not there with a couple of stitches yeah. i i highly think he's going to be back for the quarterfinals yeah and let's be fair he seems to be the only penalty corner flicker that is in form at the the olympics really sam ward's doing well yeah about there's been some others that have scored but i think hendrix is currently on nine goals yeah, yeah. um by comparison yip jansen from the netherlands 
has got one. So, and also he's not the only one who scored for Belgium, but he is leading the charge. Yeah. No. It, well, they, they can score goals anywhere they like, can't they? The Belgians. Um, now, for me, I think yeah, Belgium gold. Looking at the draw. That would then, for me, probably Australia will get the silver, I think. I think they'll progress ahead of Germany. Although, personally, I'd like to see Germany get the silver. But I, think I just think will. Germany have looked very feisty in, in all of their games. They have. On the other hand, Australia have been in a very different pool. A lot of people have criticised the fact that you've got probably four of the strongest nations in one and then one, maybe two, in the other. Um, but regardless, yeah, for me, they're the silver. And then I'm, I'm, I'm saying Great Britain for bronze and I'd be really excited if that happened I don't normally get excited about British hockey I've, I've, I've had it trained out of me by, by Jane Knockholds initially in the, in the volunteer setup to just be as unbiased as possible but I think it's impossible to not get excited about them so I'm hoping I'm hoping they can do it yeah in my prediction Britain are, are fourth they're, they're in the semi-final I just I don't see them turning over Belgium no but it's that, definitely that, possible which is what makes it really that, interesting so I think Belgium will be gold they'll be in the final and will then be in the bronze match and we would then face I think Germany who will be too pissed off about losing to Australia and think nah bugger that can't be bothered Germany forfeits the the bronze medal match (laughs) (laughs) after a video umpiring referral goes the wrong way no I just you know I I think the British boys are doing a good job okay anyway we could whistle on and argue for ages about that we move on to the women I think we'll be aligned on the gold medals here possibly to hedge my bets I don't I don't know. I mean, would you say the inform team who've just completed a hundred games, having only lost three of them? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure if I'm going to put them down as favourites. Yeah, so I think Netherlands are going to take gold. I feel. I feel like the gold medal is theirs to lose, which maybe puts a lot of pressure on them. But yeah, I think Netherlands. Uh, then possibly Germany again. Again, again, the German women have looked very strong. Uh, they're also four from four. The one of the three undefeated women's teams. And I, again, I think the the groups are split perhaps unevenly. And I think that Pool A is a, a strong group with Netherlands, Germany, Great Britain and Ireland, India and South Africa all being very strong teams. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So I think possibly, again, Germany for silver and then probably Argentina. Uh, no, I'm not going to pick Argentina, really. Uh, I would I would say, again, probably Australia. Have I, have, oh, God, have I picked? No, I haven't. Sorry, I went Belgium in the men's. I was about to say, have I picked the same three teams? But no. no so you've got Netherlands, Germany and Australia. Australia, yeah. So, yeah, I think Dutch women are ridiculous, aren't they? They are. Um, it's unreal. It's just, it's just not fair. Every year since I've been aware of international hockey, they've been the best team. Um, Let's not forget that 2016, GB were there to steal the goal away from them. I know. Could happen again. Don't get complacent. It could happen, and they were unlucky to, to lose that match. Um, would that have impacted things in terms of the group standings? I don't know. Um, anyway, I, I think, yeah, obviously, we're never the problem. Um, <laughs> they look so fired up for it as well against Britain. They look so pissed off and angry with the match. Um, yeah. But again, that, that British defensive wall. So I'm just looking at the table now, because obviously at the time of recording, we don't know who's going to be who. So this would have been, if, if it stays as it is, the Netherlands, I think, will be Spain, with no disrespect intended. I think that's probably the likely outcome. Um, Germany would probably beat New Zealand. Great Britain, I think they could beat Argentina. Yeah, I uh, 100% think Argentina have and, not and, performed. 
has to be said, a lot of us were pretty down on the on the British women going into this tournament. Um, didn't have a good Euros for England. Scotland got relegated. Um, Wales women hopefully can come up, um, which will be fun for Sarah Jones and Leah Wilkin to go straight from the Olympics to that. Um, hopefully they can because they'll be a massive if they're not if they're not competing that. Um, but yeah, uh, that's an interesting one. Yeah, you got basically probably three out of the four strongest teams again in that one group, like you said. Um, I'd love to see Ireland get through, but I don't think it's going to happen. So yeah, I'm going with Netherlands for gold. Uh, I think Germany would win the semi, and Britain would lose to the Netherlands semi, and therefore I'm going Netherlands, Germany, GB. Yeah, cool. I mean, I would love both teams to medal. Yeah, it'd be good. Oh, you can't do that. Don't be American. You can't have medal as a verb. You can have anything you want as a verb. Uh, what's the joke? You can use anything you want to describe getting drunk if you say it in a posh English accent. I got con- totally potatoed. Works. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I'm not a fan of medal as a verb. It really annoys me. When I first found out someone did that, not good. Not good. Anyway, okay. And on that bombshell, knowing me, umpiring Kino, little port dwelling chap Simon, knowing you, Fraser, extra lobo loving hockey reviewing geek. Aha! You're not going to say aha? <laughs> No.